Are you lost in the chaotic whirlwind of day-to-day busyness? Do you yearn for a deeper sense of meaning and purpose in your life? Welcome to Be You, Your Story, Your Purpose, the podcast dedicated to empowering women on their journey of self-discovery and finding their true purpose through their own story. I'm your host, Brenda Simmons. Welcome to the Be You, Your Story, Your Purpose podcast. Today, I'm so excited to have our guest, Diane Owen. She is an award-winning professional newborn photographer, and she is going to share with us a little bit about her own story and what she has learned from her own story, and I'm going to let her introduce herself. She's... um, I met Diane a couple years ago. We actually seen, sing in a community choir together. And so I love that we both share this passion of just feeling alive through music. And um, I'm just so excited to have her here today. So Diane, why don't you share us a little bit about yourself and your story? Tell us, you know, where, why you are where you're at right now. Awesome. Um, yeah, I'm Diane. I moved all around growing up, um, kind of all over the place. I was born in New Mexico, lived in California, Utah, Kansas, back to Utah. And I've been here ever since the middle of high school. So I call Utah home, even though I've been lots of places. Um, and I am married almost 20 years now, 20 years in the spring, um, to the love of my life, Ryan. And we have three children. I have a 17-year-old daughter named Ray and a 16-year-old son, James, and a 13-year-old daughter, Kate. So lots of teenage hormones running around my house, making me crazy all the time, you know? My house is always a disaster, even though they should all be old enough to help me now, you know? Yeah. How it is. Um, and I've always loved photography. It's always been a fun hobby of mine. And actually my oldest brother died of cancer when I was four. And one of the things he loved was photography and he had an old film camera laying around. And when I was in high school, I decided to pick it up and learn about it as a way to kind of connect to him since I didn't have a lot of memories, um, directly with him. And so I took some photography classes in high school, learned how to develop film, all that fun stuff. And it just became a fun hobby for me. Um, And as my kids grew up, I would, you know, take pictures of them and enjoyed doing that. And my husband got me my first nice digital camera when James was about two years old, I think. And so then I really started delving in and I started um, doing pictures for friends and family now and then. And then when Kate, my youngest, went to first grade, I was like, I suddenly have all this time on my hands and felt like I needed to kind of find me again, as a lot of young moms feel that we kind of lose ourselves and our kids. Um, so I found a portrait photography school here in Utah. It was called Photofly Academy. It doesn't exist in the same form anymore, but, um, I convinced my husband to make this big investment for me to go to photography school. And I just dove in head first and it was a four month intensive full-time course. And I just loved every second of it. And I knew before I, got in that newborn photography was probably where I wanted to land, but we did everything from newborns to weddings and everything in between. And 
I still kept coming back to newborns being my favorite. I still shoot a lot of other things. I enjoy all the, all the things, um, but newborns are where my heart is. And I think it's partly because my babies are so big now and they don't want me to just sit and snuggle I, them anymore. You can't so wrap them borrow, up like a newborn, right? Right. <laughs> so I borrow other people's babies for a couple of hours and then send them on their way and still get to sleep at night, which is great. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, that's kind of how I ended up where I am. That's fantastic. So I, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, I want you to take a look behind you. Those are all photographs that you took, correct? Yep. That's awesome. And then tell us a little bit about this purple one that you have right <laughs> next to you. Yes. So this one right here, um, just won an award at the Utah State Fair. I got the... Um, best of show award in the fine art photography category, which was very exciting. Um, my second best of show in a row. So I'm starting to feel some pressure to keep that up, but, yeah. <laughs> but that's not the only accolades you've had with your photography though, right? Cause you've been published in other places, right? Will you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been published in a few magazines. Um, probably my, biggest one being professional photographers of America magazine uh use one of my photos and they're actually supposed to be using another one and one on their website soon which I just found out about not too long ago so that's exciting uh, and a few other photography magazines one other awards at the state fair and then I've done um other photography competitions um mostly through the professional photographers of America and won a few awards through there so yeah, that's awesome. Have I love that. So really much. know what they're doing. Judge your work is always very scary, but it's always nice when they see good things. So yeah, how do you prepare yourself for something like that? Because it is it's it's a pretty vulnerable feeling, like something that yeah. you put your heart and soul into, and it's out there to be critiqued. So how do you mentally prepare yourself for that? It's definitely hard, and it's definitely been a learning process. The first time I entered a competition, I was just crushed that they didn't just automatically love my stuff because, of course, I put in things that I loved. Um, so I do have to go in thinking of it more as like an educational experience. Um, I'm here to learn things from these photographers who have more experience than I do um, that can teach me ways to better my my art. And so I try to think of it that way. I'm going in to, to learn and to hear what they have to say. And if they love it, I mean, there there's usually still things, even if they love it, that they say, you know, if you did this or that, and that helps me, you know, going forward with the next one, be like, okay, right. this time I need to remember to do it this way. And um, so I learn a lot from it. And there are definitely times there are photos that I love, you know, that are more on my heart than others. And sometimes those are the hardest to enter because it's hard to have thick skin about those. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> it's, it's still, it's still fun. That's awesome. So learning. what, what is your favorite thing about doing newborn photography? Um, I have a shirt that I often wear to sessions that said, let's face it. I do it for the snuggles, which right. is kind of, <laughs> kind of true. Although I don't actually get to sit and snuggle them all that long, yeah. but um, I just love, I know from my own experience that newborn, the newborn period is so fleeting. It yeah. goes by so fast and you're in such a fog of sleep deprivation <laughs> and exhaustion that 
I think you miss a lot of the little details or you don't remember them later. Um, So I just love being able to capture those moments of when they're small and curly and their skin is flaky and they have, you know, just all those, that little newbornness and how tiny they are. I try and do a lot of poses like with mom and dad, where you can really see the scale of how small the baby is so they can remember because it, they just grow so fast and it changes so fast. Um, so I just love capturing all those little details, the little feet and just being so curly and tiny for such a brief period of time. Yeah, I love that. Well, and your designs are so just cuteness overload. I like they're just amazing. So how do you even come up with it? Like when you're when you're doing a shoot, do you you have kind of in mind what you want to do? Do you go into it like that? Or are you just taking the photos and then putting it in a background? How does that whole process work? Um, so a little bit of both. Generally, I, I send out a questionnaire to parents ahead of time and I ask them for two or three colors that they love for their baby, either, you know, colors they're using in their nursery or their home um, so that it makes it easier if they want to hang these photos later. Um, or some people just have aversions to some colors that, you know, I don't want to choose. And then I go from there to, to create my setups using the, the colors that they have given me. Um, and I take a lot of inspiration from different things in nature. I, I shoot mostly monochromatic. So I try and keep my color tones very similar. Like you see the purple one, it's all purples. Right. Um, there it's harder to see these ones over here, but this one's all light creams and grays. This one's all greens and browns. So I try and keep everything fairly in the same tone. So that gives me a good jumping off point. Like I'll have different variations of the same color maybe um, to help me out. I like adding additions of flowers and greenery and things like that just for texture. Uh, I have a lot of textures. Um, I have so many props, but I use a lot of different textures and stuff because it just helps bring it all together and give it some interest um so it really just sometimes I feel really inspired and sometimes it's like okay let's just run with these colors and see what (laughs) I can come up with and sometimes during the shoot I am like this one's missing something what can I add or change to make this um pop more um I also do what I call imagination portraits which are I take the picture of a baby just on a simple backdrop, or I have a little baby size bean bag that I'll take a picture of the baby. And then I digitally put them in a different, um, setting. I have lots of digital backgrounds yeah. that I use. Um, this one right here is actually a digital background. So she was not photographed in that bowl. She was just photographed on a little bean bag. And then I Aww. digitally put her in that, um, setting that kind of allows me to not have to own all the props. <laughs> you know, I can, right. I can either and, buy and just, wait, just interrupt. So just so for the people who are listening, the one that she just, just talking about the baby's in a bowl with some flowers coming out off of the side. It's, it's in purples and yellows and, and greens and um, super beautiful. Yes, sorry. I, I forget. Not everybody's You're totally good. You can see all the things I'm pointing at here. Um, but yeah, I have lots of digital backgrounds and they can be really creative. You know, I have one where I like put a baby in the middle of an ice rink with hockey pucks and a hockey stick because dad was really into hockey. I have one of a little baby sitting in a gaming chair 
with a gaming controller, you know, oh, that's things like fun. that. Um, I have other ones hanging in my studio of a baby laying in a pile of fall leaves, things like that, that I wouldn't actually photograph them that way, or I don't have the props to photograph them that way. So I make them digitally. Um, one of my favorites I've done this year, I had a request for a hobbit themed session which was a new one for me wow Um, how did you do that (laughs) so I had one of my prop vendors made me a little hobbit cloak and I wrapped him up put him in the hobbit cloak and then I created a digital background um of a hobbit home (laughs) and I digitally put him sitting outside of a little hobbit hole house um I mean, it was super fun. And I, so I can just like see it, just picturing you the Hobbit with the circular door, yep. you know, yep. circular door and lots of greenery awesome. and yes. Uh, yeah. So, so it's super fun for me to get to kind of run with those. I did a Harry Potter baby recently and I had him holding a wand and I had a Patronus coming out of the wand. Oh, and that's awesome. So I love adding those digital elements can be fun and make it more personalized for the family if they're super into a certain sport or theme or whatever. It's fun to create unique things for them. I love that. So what do you do if you've got a really fussy baby? How do you, because if you look at all your pictures, most of the time they're asleep. So how do you, how do you do that? Get them to where they're asleep, especially if they're super fussy. Um, A lot of patience. I I always tell people my job is about 90% posing and soothing and 10% taking pictures. Um, Newborn sessions are two to three hours long. And I do that because baby is on baby's schedule. Mm -hmm. Baby is not on my schedule. So if we need to take feeding breaks, if we need a diaper change, any of those things, there's time to do that. And time for me to just take my time, especially with more difficult poses, or if they're fussy, I can really take time to soothe them, make sure that they're ready, um, and not feel like I have to rush them or force them into anything. Um, just today I had a really fussy baby and I could tell he was gassy. He was, you know, kicking and grunting and I could tell he had some acid reflux going on. So I kind of massaged his belly for a little bit and that seemed to help. And then I, I wrapped him up good with his legs up and that really soothed his belly and it helped him fall asleep and I was able to move on from there and keep them fairly calm. Um, I would say I've had maybe two babies in my six years that we just called it and had to try again another day. Um, usually if I'm patient enough and if I can wrap the baby up, um, a lot of times we'll need a feeding break or a pacifier or something for a little while. But usually if I can take my time to win them over. I will. <laughs> I always say I usually win in the end. So right. if, they're, right. if they're fighting me, I just, I, a lot of times have to change the order of things I want to do things in. I usually plan ahead of time, the order I'm going to do my sets in and mm-hmm. stuff. And if they're not going for what I have planned first, then I might move to a wrapped pose first, get them really nice and settled and then come back to something else yeah. later if I need to, but just patience, calm. I use white noise. My studio is nice and warm. Yeah. Um, it's fairly dark when, when I'm shooting. So it helps just kind of keep things calm and soothing and helps them settle in. I love that. Well, when they're that teeny, 
they like being snuggled up, you know, they really do. Yeah. Even, even when they come in and the parents are like, they hate being swaddled. I'm like, just watch. (laughs) And usually I can win them over. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) I love that so much. Well, that you can tell you put a lot of preparation into it because what you put together is just absolutely beautiful. So you mentioned earlier that you are a mom of three teenagers. How do you manage doing your photo shoots with dealing with three busy teenagers? How does that work? Um, It is a lot of work. Uh, I generally do my newborn shoots in the morning on weekdays. Um, So that helps because generally my kids are in school or sleeping if it's not a school day since they're teenagers. Um, so that helps me be able to do the actual shoot when it's not really inconvenient for the family. Um, I do have to do a lot of editing. There's a lot of editing involved in newborn photography. Um, so I, you know, make do with little minutes here and there and between driving my kids to work and school and activities and all those things. And I do a lot of editing on a laptop so I can bring it with me if I need to, um, to get things done. So there's a lot of juggling. My schedule never looks the same week to week. Um, I kind of plan things based on what our family schedule looks like so that I can fit it in, but I love that. (laughs) Yep. I love that. So we, you and I have talked a little bit about, um, some of the mental health struggles that your kids have faced. And I wanted to bring this up because I feel like it's an important component of being a mom, you know, especially a mom who works and is doing all the, doing all the things. It's really hard when you have that added um, component of, of mental health issues. I'm wondering if you'd be willing to share with us some of what you've experienced and how that has impacted you as a wife, a mom, and and a woman. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so my oldest daughter, Ray, um, has really struggled with her mental health, really starting from about 14. Um, but it all kind of came to a head last year where things got really scary <laughs> and hard. And I really did have to make my business a little bit in the back seat for about a year because obviously her mental health and well-being was much more important. So um, we had some hospitalizations, we had several ER visits, um, lots of therapy. And so, you know, I did continue to run my business, but it was very much like when I could fit it in where I knew things were a little more stable or when somebody else was going to be around, we really didn't leave Ray alone for quite a long period of time because things were really scary and she had a a lot of suicidal thoughts and that was really hard. And of course, very heartbreaking as a mom, you never want your kids to feel like there's no hope. Um, and I think it taught me a lot. One being, I have to take care of my own mental health, that that's a big part of it. And it was so hard in the middle of that to take care of myself because obviously her needs were very acute. Um, but it taught me if I don't, then I have nothing to give and that you do really have to fill your own cup sometimes because you just are giving, giving, giving. And if you're just going to fall apart, if you don't 
give yourself some time. And so I had to find ways to take care of myself for, for me to get a break, for my husband to get a break, for us to get a break together was like hard to come by, but you know, we tried to make those things happen so that we could take care of ourselves because it was very draining to take care of her, um, with her struggles. Um, so I think that was very helpful for me. Also, obviously therapy was huge for Ray and for us as her parents to be able to be in there sometimes and, and talk about things and hear what things were causing struggles for her. Um, I, I say all the time now, I feel like it's a change we need to make in our healthcare system that we all need access to therapy. Cause I feel Amen. like everybody <laughs> in my family would benefit and should benefit, um, from therapy. It was the last year and a half has been really hard on all of us. And I think my younger kids have seen and heard and dealt with a lot of things that are hard for them to, to process. And we all need that professional help to figure out how to process those things so that they don't take a toll on us and our own mental health. Um, so that's something we're still trying to figure out, but working through. Um, another thing is I've, I've just really learned. I, I talk to my kids differently now. We're much more open about everything. And I try to really ask questions to get a real feel of how they're doing. You know, they're teenagers. They don't want to talk about things they don't want to talk about. And so finding ways to get them to open up to me, to feel safe, to open up to me. I mean, there were a lot of things with Ray that didn't come out until you know, a long time into this process. And I was like, man, if I had known all this at 14, when we were starting this process and starting to see some struggles, you know, we, we could have handled things differently. So I feel like it's, it's helped me really try and build trusting relationships with my kids and for them to see like nothing they say or do is going to scare me away. (laughs) Um, Nothing they say or do is going to make me not love them. And I just want to know everything and I want to know how they're dealing with things, how their friendships are, you know, all these things, because that will all play such a role in their, uh, their mental health. And it's just great to have that relationship where they're like, okay, I can trust mom. She wants to hear about these things, even though it's hard for me to talk about, I'd rather talk it through with her than let it fester in me for a long time, you know? And that's such an important lesson for kids to understand. Number one, that they can trust somebody, right? Mm-hmm. And then number two, that it's it's better to bring it out in the open than it is to you know to let it fester. And I mean, you and you talked a little bit about um, making sure your own cup is is filled, you know. And I I know exactly what what how you feel because I went through it myself um, with some of my kids and it's scary. And man, it's so easy to just give, 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 give everything that you have because they're your life, you know, and it's what else are you going to do? And yet I know for myself, I found that I, it was really, I got to a point where I felt like I was thinking, yeah. you know? And so I'm wondering what. What have you done to fill your own cup? Um, I'd say a lot of things. Um, one, I think having my business was very helpful because it was this artistic uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Like an outlet. Outlet. Yeah. Yeah. It was an artistic outlet for me and it, it gave me, you know, scheduled times that I could be away and I had to, you know, figure things out, make sure Ray was taken care of and those things, but it gave me time to be like, okay, I get to go be Diane for a little bit. I don't have to be mom and nurse right now. Like I can, I can go do this. Um, and that was helpful, but I also had to think, you know, I did have to scale back because I didn't want to be stressed about my job when I had other things that were more important to stress about. Um, so, you know, I had to figure out that balance, but that was helpful for me. Um, taking care of my own health was a big one. Um, I have gained and lost a lot of weight over my life. I'm one of those yo-yo people, but I had gained a lot of weight um, through the pandemic. That's a whole story. I mean, obviously we all have our pandemic. I'm sure you are not alone in that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I really realized last year that I needed to like take control of that. I couldn't let my own health go downhill when I had this much stress that I was dealing with this much sleeplessness that I was dealing Mm -hmm. with. I mean, all of that takes its toll. And so, um, my husband and I both kind of buckled down and realized there were some things we can control. We can control how we're reacting to situations. We can control what we're eating. We can control how much we're moving our bodies. Um, and so we tried to take control in those little ways that we could. And obviously that was still, hard. I mean, finding time to exercise when you're, you can't leave your kids alone and stuff is, is hard, but mm-hmm. I tried to prioritize some of those things. Cause I realized it did fill my cup and it helped me feel a little more in control. Like, okay, I can handle this. I can take this on. I can take that time for myself so that I can give more later. Um, singing in the choir that you, you mentioned was a big one for me. Um, music has always been very helpful for me. Um, I play, several instruments and I've sang most of my life. And so those things are helpful. My kids kind of know if I am like pounding away at the piano, that that's like mom's therapy session. You should probably leave her be and let her play for a while. Um, I find that very helpful and therapeutic and uh, it feels very productive, but not stressful, you know, to practice the piano or to play songs that I love that, that I know, kind of calm me. Um, so I did a lot of that, <laughs> a lot of those kind of things that just helped to calm my mind because there was always so much stress and doubts and questions going on that anything that I could find that helped kind of simmer me down, whether that was a workout or playing the piano or whatever was very helpful. How did you know, like, what was that like, like, did you have like a go-to that you, you would initially go to first or was it more intuitive of what, cause it sounded like you had several different outlets. So how, how did you choose? How did you know what you needed in the moment? Um, I think it was a little bit intuitive and a little bit, just what can I actually do right now? You know, like my piano's right there and I know, you know, Ray is safe in the moment or whatever. Like I don't have to go anywhere. I can just be here. I'm, I'm here if somebody needs me, but they know where I am. And Mm -hmm. that's also the nice thing. This studio is attached to my house. And so if I needed to go do some photos or do some editing or whatever, I knew that my family was knew where I was and that I was close by, but that I could escape a little bit, Right. like have this space that was my space to, to come and be creative and kind of 
shut out all of the rest of the noise that was going on and having a, a place to be. Um, so yeah, it, it really just kind of came down to what could I do <laughs> in right. the moment, I think. Right. I love that. And I just think that's so important. You know, so many times we, we have these challenges and it just seems so overwhelming, you know, and it's just so important to just force yourself to. And sometimes I know for me, it it was, it really was, it was, I'm forcing myself to go out and take a walk today, you know, or I am forcing myself to call a friend, you know, something to just remove myself from the situation, you know, regardless of what the challenge was, it just, it is so, so, so important. So other than learning how important it is to take care of yourself, what other lessons have you learned from this challenges or, or maybe even some other, some of the other challenges that you've had? Um, I think, and, and maybe this comes with the challenges and just with getting older, but I, I've really learned to make my priorities, my priorities, you know, and, mm-hmm. and kind of shut out like the unimportant things. I, it's a lot easier for me to say no to things now. Um, and to say yes to things that I want to do rather than doing the things that I think other people expect of me or, you know, that just like doing my to-do list because it's my to-do list. Like I, I think I'm a lot more intentional about how I spend my time, how I interact with my kids. Like I still, I'm a total phone act addict. I know this, I'm trying to work on it, but I, I, I definitely spend too much time on social media and things like that. But even when it comes to social media, I, I'm able to like, if I'm going through my feed and I'm like, that post is bringing me down, I can just unfollow or, or whatever. Like it used to be that that was a struggle for me for some reason, like, Oh, well, if it's bringing me down, I must, there must be something wrong with me that I need to change so that this doesn't bother me or whatever. And now I'm just like, no, I do not need negativity in my life. I do not need even an account that's not negative, but it makes me feel bad about myself. Like, Oh, why can't I be like that? Or why can't I do that? Or whatever. Like, I don't, I don't need that in my life. And so I'm a lot more intentional about that. Like, okay, that can be removed. Um, and just realizing that making myself and my family happy is the most important and all those other things, like they just don't matter as much. And I just need to be more intentional about it. And that's been really eye opening, I think. And, and just, it's helped me realize like things I've always had on my list, um, you know, like reading more and stuff like that. It used to be like, well, I should, you know, I should be the type of person that wants to read all the time. And now it's like, I enjoy reading it. I've learned a lot from these different books or podcasts or whatever. And it's okay to spend my time doing that. And I want to spend my time doing that. So it's good that it's on my list instead of being like, it's this stressor and like, I'm not doing what other people are expecting of me. And I don't read enough of the right kind of books or whatever. Like I can let that sort of stuff go now and just be like, what is it that I need that my family needs and not worry so much about the whys and hows and where it is on my list, because it's going to be different for everybody. I love that so much. And it's, I really believe that we have a lot more control than what we think. 
you know? And, and so I love that you've taken time to go, okay, what are the things that, that we can control and let's take charge of those. Cause the more we do, the more it, I don't know. I, for me, like I used to, I used to live my life in victimhood, you know, and, you know, several, several years ago. And just when I finally learned how much control I actually do have, it was so empowering for me, you know? And, and I just was like, how could I have ever done anything different? But you know, it's a process you have to learn and you have to, sometimes it's the challenges that really force you to, to take a deeper dive into that. And so I think, I think it's really cool that. Absolutely. I, I think, you know, anything like this, it just changes your perspective enough to be like, why am I so worried about X, Y, and Z? You know, those things are not the things that matter. Like these kind of trials just really teach you what does matter. And then you figure out how to make those things work and let go of the things that don't work for you. I love that. And that's going to look different for everybody. And, and sometimes it looks different for you, depending on what the challenge or the moment, sometimes it's the day, you know? So that's super awesome. I love it. So given all of this, so you're a photographer, your mom, your wife, you're doing all the things. I know you like to run and to race and stuff. And I love watching you, you (laughs) accomplish those things. What do you feel like your purpose is right now? That's such a hard question. I I knew you were going to ask it and I've been kind of pondering on it and um, it's, it's a hard one. Um, I feel like my purpose right now is to teach myself and my kids some of those things we're talking about, like um, those priority things and just figuring out what you need in your life. Um, and I feel like I've, I've gained a lot of knowledge on these things and that I want to help other people and my kids, especially see that, like, there's so much we can let go of Mm -hmm. in order to grab on to what matters and what's important and what brings you joy. Um, you know, I, I feel like because of all the hard things we've gone through, I've, I see the depths more, the depths of joy, the depths of grief. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to like experience more of that joy. And I, I feel like it's so important to try and figure out ways to do that. And it's, it's funny the ways that you can find it sometimes. And, and when I do, I try and acknowledge it like, wow, this brings me a lot of joy, even though it's not something I would expect and helping other people see that, you know, like, I've been delving into really understanding like some exercise science stuff because I've been a, a runner who was injured and dealing with all this stuff. And it has brought me like a ridiculous amount of joy. And my family is so tired of hearing me talk about <laughs> these like running things I've been learning about. But right. it's interesting where I can say to my kids, like I never in a million years would think that listening to this running podcast and, you know, reading these different books would like be something I would want to spend my time doing yeah. and be super interested in like find joy in it, but I do. And so I think it helps them to see like, it's okay if you find joy in things that you don't think you should find joy in, or like, yeah. if you're interested somewhere, like dive in, see what it does for you. And if it's not working for you, 
move on. But okay. if it is working for you and you're finding joy in it, that's great. Find a way to incorporate it in your life. You know, I love that. And I agree with you. I think the more difficult the challenges we have, the more capacity we have to feel joy. Yeah. You know, because you know what that opposite is. And it's, I've, I've been in the same position as you just going, Oh, that was so hard. Remember that how, when that was so hard, but I feel so happy and just alive and free. And like, I never have in my whole entire life. So yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I think it just opens up your mind to all of these other things and it just makes you, you know, look for those good things and look for the joy if you let it. Like it can be the other way where it just drags you down and all you see is the despair because there is a lot of it. But I think if you let it and you say, what did this teach me and how can I see the joy in this and see the blessings in this? I mean, even last week I was having a frustrated moment with my teenagers who, you know, aren't as cleanly as I would like them to be and things like that. And I had this moment of like, pure joy that like, they're all here for you to clean up after. Yeah. And like, I hate that I had the experience that brings me that thought. Um, but it was an important thought for me to have, you know, Mm -hmm. like you're right. My kids that I wanted so badly and that I've spent all these years raising are all here as teenagers for me to clean up after and shuttle around as frustrating as it is. Sometimes I'm glad they're all here. I love that. Like I'm getting teary. (laughs) Yeah. I, you know, especially when you lose that level of trust, when you wonder, is my child going to be here at the end of the day? Yeah. You know, that's, and then to realize, oh yeah, they are, (laughs) you know, it's, it's really, um, it puts things into a different perspective for sure. Yeah. I love that. That's your purpose. And so I'm curious, do you, has that purpose changed over time? Because it doesn't sound like that has always been your purpose. Do you feel like your purpose has changed based on where you're at in your life? I I definitely think it does. And I, I think that's probably the case for most people. I mean, maybe some people find it when they're young and they just know yeah. what their, their purpose and drive is. But I think, um, yeah, it definitely has evolved over time and especially over the last couple of years that we've, we've been in the depths where, like I say, it's just changed my perspective a little bit and helped me to, to see that. And, you know, even when I'm talking to like my newborn client parents, um, I'm probably that annoying mom. That's like, this really does go so fast. And like, yeah. I, I want you to enjoy this, even though you're so exhausted and, you know, I try not to do it in such a way that they're just like, yeah, yeah. But I think it's important <laughs> for somebody who's like through the other side being like, right. it really, it really does go that fast. And there really is like so much joy to be had in each stage. And yeah. I think a lot of times we spend time like, oh, once they're sitting, once they're walking, once they're in school, once they're driving, you know, we have all of these like landmarks that then we'll do these things for ourselves and then we'll be happy and then we'll have time for joy and reading and, you know, all those things. And you can't, you can't wait for the next thing because there's plenty of joy and hardship in every stage. It's all different, but there's plenty to be had in each stage. And I, I wish I could go back to my young mom self and be like, 
don't wait for the next thing. Don't keep thinking it's, you know, your world is going to shift with each thing. And it does, but there are things that flow and things that you lose and things that you gain in each stage. And, you know, I, I think there's so much to learn from that. And so I'm trying to remember that now in the teenage stage that I'm in, um, that, you know, I, I want to be in this moment. I want to find the joy and the hardships that are in this moment and not be waiting for the next thing. And, you know, I keep thinking, you know, we often talk about, I feel like life, you've got like the beginning you're born. Right. And then you've got, you know, all of this stuff in the middle and then you die. Right. And it's interesting to me how, I just kind of lost my train of thought, but it's, I, I was listening to a podcast the other day and they talked about that dash, right? So, so that dash is, is our whole life, right? On a gravestone, you've got the beginning date and the right. end date, but it's the dash where everything happens, you know? And, and it's, it truly, I love that you're just finding the joy in the moment. And I just think that's phenomenal, yeah. you know, and it really is a choice. You know, yeah. you have to sometimes, oh, I remember what it was. So we have like living in act two, right? So we've got the beginning, we've got the end, but all the action happens in act two. And that's when all the heartache and all the, the challenges and all the learning happens. And sometimes we want to gloss it over and say, oh, this is what I learned. And this is, you know, all of the the good that came out of it. But it's really hard for that to to have that perspective when you're right in the middle of it, you know? And so I love that you have learned how to do that. And I'm sure you have hard days. Everybody has hard days. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but- yeah, I was, I was going to say, um, I feel like I've said it a little bit, but I am far from perfect. Right. And I definitely have my days where I do not feel the joy <laughs> in yeah. the moment. And, you know, I struggle and I'm stressed out and, you know, my kids will tell you I've had a stressful week and they're like, mom, chill out. Like, it's fine. <laughs> Everything's going to be fine. I'm like, oh, it's my job to tell you guys that. But um, right. <laughs> I do think that being able to see your progress is a big deal. And so yeah. I try and look for the progress because I know I fail a lot. We all do. We're all human. Right. And it's so easy. Like we hear this all the time, but it's so easy to hear people on a podcast or see your neighbor's Instagram or whatever and think, man, they have it all together. They have it perfect. And the reality is that none of us do. And I want to be real clear that I am right up there. (laughs) Those people who do not have it all together. Um, But I feel like I do see my progress and I do see the things I've been learning and I do see myself letting some things go that I need to let go and trying to bring in more of the things that I know that I need to bring me joy and to do those things. And so there's steps in the right direction. And I'm grateful that I can see the progress in the right direction. Well, I think the choice comes in. What is the direction? You know, we, we can choose. This is where I want to go. You know, I remember I woke up one morning, I was super depressed. And I think I shared this before on the podcast and I, I had to get up and I just decided, am I going to be happy? You know, am I going to shift directions or am I going to stay the way that I am? And um, that shift, it was super pivotal pivotal, because I did pivot, you know, and 
it took me years to get to a point where I could say I'm happy, but I moved in that direction, you know? And, and I think that's the biggest thing is what are you doing every single day? Even if it's a baby step forward. Right. So, and even if one day is not a baby step forward, if the next day is, exactly, (laughs) you know, exactly. A cumulative over time, we are going to move in the right direction. And yeah, absolutely. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us, Diane. I know that it's not an easy topic to be vulnerable about, you know, your own struggles and especially when those struggles involve your kids and the trials that they're going through. And I really appreciate you being willing to share with us a little bit of your challenges and how you've gotten through them. And I want to make sure that everybody knows where to find you so they can look you up and, um, you know, get your services if they so desire. So can you share with us where people can find you? Yes. So I have a website. It's just dianeowenphotography.com. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram, also just at Diane Owen Photography. So I'm pretty easy to find. Um, my work is on there. I, I mostly short, share maternity and newborn. I do a variety of other things. So if you have other needs, you can always inquire about that. But yeah, my heart, my heart's with the babies. Yep. So. And you've got a, a contact me form on your website and I'll make sure that I've got those links in our show notes and that people can, can look you up. You have a beautiful website. I love all of the images you have on there. And so I encourage everybody to get on there and check Diane out. She really is amazing. And she's just a wonderful woman, a wonderful human being. And I'm I'm grateful. Thank you so much. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much, Diane. Celebrate your dreams. Let them take flight. For you are a star shining bright in every step you take let your light glow being you is the greatest way to grow